Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever and whenever you happen to be listening to us. A great wide world brought together by the internet. The last three guys to do a podcast are back. Uh, I'm John Morgo with Daniel Bolton and Leon Brown for another go-around of what's going on in the world of sports. And, of course, this week, a couple things, namely the NFL playoffs and the college football championship game. We'll get into the college football game a little bit. But right now, let's talk about the NFL and Leon's Los Angeles Chargers are prime for discussion. He is, in case you're wondering, he's okay. He had some moments there, but he, he's doing fine. It was a 27 to nothing halftime lead for the Chargers before Jacksonville came roaring back and eventually won that game 31 to 30 over the Chargers and the Jaguars will advance to next week's divisional round as they survive in the AFC. And of course, all we can talk about is the Chargers collapse. I mean, what a, I mean, if you could just watch the first half, it was a great showing of football. They were in Trevor Lawrence's face. They got him for, I believe, four interceptions in the first half, three in the first quarter. And I didn't know this going in, but Trevor Lawrence hadn't thrown a first-quarter interception in his professional career, and the Chargers got him for three in that quarter, all of which they turned into into points. And at one point, I thought Leon had himself gotten an interception. They were coming so fast and so furious. And um, I know we were, and as we were on our group chat this afternoon, Daniel Bolton said he had a theory for why the Chargers came back, and I'm sorry, the Jaguars came back to win that game. Daniel, Leon, go for it. Well, this right here, you know, I I mean, there's a certain phrase that we, within Charger Nation, use in reference to when the Chargers collapse. And... You know, it's a secret phrase, but I'm going to expose it to the public. It's called when you charger it up. <laughs> you know, they're up 27 points. I didn't think they could charger that one up. Right. 27-0, going to the half, 27-7. I mean, this in the realm of professional sports, that's a done deal. Right. Brandon Staley is getting paid millions upon millions of dollars to offer his coaching expertise. I'm going to need them to introduce some type of yoga to Joey Bosa. I mean, just give me some type of, I mean, the amount of penalties that we've seen in the second half was ridiculous. It's like they, it's like they forgot they're professionals or something. I mean, you're, you're, you're in the playoffs, okay? You've worked real hard to get to this point of the season. Keep your helmet on your head, sir. I understand you. I understand you got held. I understand that. Keep your helmet on your head, please. Keep your emotions about yourself. One shining spot upon the game that I've seen was Asante Samuel. He was out there with my Deion Sanders in the first half. Yes, we've never seen nothing like that. I mean, just throwing it up, picking them off. What just just it, it's as if. Trevor Lawrence had his nose wide open because because Asante was just picking it, just picking it. You know, man, that that I've, I've never seen. But the second half was, I mean, when I say if Stalling was a person, 
the Chargers. They the offense just stalled. Right. I'm like, man, how do you stall like that? And then the defense just started giving it up. I mean, it's like they just collapsed as a team as if they it's, – it's to the point where – I guess this happens, you know, to a certain degree when you've experienced, um, you know, just – I don't like using the F word, but, you know, the Chargers have not been to the playoffs in really in five years. Yeah. So the Chargers have been losing. You had a momentum of losing for five years worth of momentum. Of this negative momentum, and when they got to the second half, they I guess they woke up and realized, "Hey, we're the Chargers. We're not supposed to be here." <laughs> and then the collapse just happened. You know, it's just, you know, it, it, it just it just wasn't a good look. Um, I I don't like the fact that you know I I don't like the reckless play calling of Brandon Staley. You know, I mean, I, I like I like his cavalierness. But it's to the point where it's a thin line between cavalier and reckless. Okay? And uh-huh. that was just reckless. We, we does not have it. You know what I mean? And I'm saying this because we're talking 23 for 45. What was his numbers? 23 for – he was he, – he threw well, 50%. He even, Justin Herbert did not even complete – he barely completed 50% of his passes. Barely, your quarterback didn't have it. I, I needed some type of change going on. Now, I'm not changing quarterback, some type of change in play calling style. When it's not working, you got to uh, you have to adjust. I mean, where's the adjustments at? So, I mean, you know, I could go on and on. Dan, it's on you, it's, it's you. All right, my turn. Yeah, your turn. And Leon, Leon eloquently put it in a, in a way of anger, and I. And I understand that. I, I get it. I, I completely understand where he's coming from. But he, here's why the Chargers lost this game and blew this game away. The word for the San, for San Diego, no, for the L.A. Chargers is neutrality. Whenever you, whenever, let's, let's go back to Trevor Lawrence. He had an awful first quarter. He threw three picks, like John mentioned. He threw four in the first half. No one's ever done that. When that happens, the opposing team sometimes gets stuck in neutral. And this is where Brandon Staley is is blamed at. The Chargers were stuck in neutral the entire night. Why? Because Jacksonville handed them the game in the first quarter, in the first half. They were stuck in neutral and never got into drive. That's why the Chargers lost. When you're a coach, it is not only your job to give your expertise, but it's also your job to motivate your team through all four quarters. And I believe that this team was not motivated because they felt like they didn't need to be because they were up 27-0 and they were able to walk in and score willingly. Why? Because most of those turnovers happened in Jacksonville's territory. And they had a short field the whole first time. They had a a short field the entire time with those points. The game was given to them. And so they sat back. And I'm going to tell you where the game ended, in my opinion, where I said, oh, Jacksonville's about to win this game. They were down 27-7. Now, I know y'all thinking, Dan, what are you talking about? <laughs> Why would you think they come back from down 27 to 7? The Chargers had to stop Jacksonville from their opening drive. 
because they weren't down enough. Three touchdowns was, and they proved it, it's more than enough. Atlanta has proved it. It's more than enough for you to come back from. They went 11 plays for 89 yards in that first drive where Marvin Jones caught that six-yard pass from Trevor Lawrence. Now Trevor has his confidence back. Why? Because if you look at Jacksonville, they never panicked the entire way. You're talking about a team that in their last six or seven games came back in each and every one of those games. They came back. They were comeback kids. They were used to this. And, of course, we're going to talk about Joey Bosa being offside by about a couple of inches. But you got to keep your helmet on. And it, and who I really feel bad for is Asante Samuel Jr. Because out of those four picks, he picked off three of them. He had two interceptions all season long and was able to get three in that first half. That's the guy I feel bad for. He's the only one that understood it and they got it. They and, and Leon's right. They stalled. They and they kept stalling. And then they only added on what three points yep. after the second half. Like when you got that position back, the position where they scored the three points, which was about two fifty eight to go in the third quarter, right there is when you should have scored your touchdown. And that's that was the icing on the cake. The game was over when they when they had an 11, 11 play, uh, eighty nine yard drive. That was it. That was it. I said, okay, they're done. Excuse me. It was a fourteen play, eighty nine yard drive, and they took seven minutes off the clock. Are you Remember, ta- time was against them. Are you talking about their their first touchdown, or their second? Yeah, their ter- first. Touchdown. The first touchdown yeah, was seventeen plays. Was seventeen plays, but it was. But it did. But you're right. It did take up half the third quarter. Now on ESPN, I have fourteen plays. I'm, uh, I'm sorry, I'm, so I'm, probably, I'm looking probably on was seventeen. I'm looking on NFL is where I'm looking at. This. Okay, so. yeah, see, everybody's got everybody's got something different, and 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 then NBC had eleven plays <laughs> for eighty nine yards. So whatever it was, we know it was an eighty nine yard drive, and it took seven minutes That's and seventeen seconds. It took half the third yes. quarter. Kept it, it took half the third it quarter. Kept LA is off, like, the, off the field. Right. And then you're wondering, like, why? Why are you taking so much time off the clock? Well, because – and give that front four credit. Because now they started to come after, and they started to get to Justin Herbert. Now, am I, am I calling for Staley's head? No, I'm not. I, I think Staley is starting to – his play calling is questionable, yeah, when, especially when it comes down. But I, I, what I think that was, Leon, I think that was – the entire teams had their had their backs against the wall and didn't know how to come off of it. Jacksonville had them on their heels, especially when it was a ten when they cut it to ten after the Zay Jones touchdown catch for thirty nine yards from uh, Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence didn't play well, but he got you four. He got he ended up getting four touchdown passes to go along with his. Was it five interceptions uh, in the line? It was four. It was just four. It was four. They had four picks, but they had five turnovers. They, they lost a fumble. They did. Yeah. So, look, I, I, good for Jacksonville. Great for Jacksonville. The Chargers, they that's what they have to work on. And and if that's a motive, sometimes you have to find motivation for anything in life. And if the Chargers can do that. That will be their motivation. 
it'll either this will either break this franchise or it'll make them. You see what what twenty eight to three has done to the Atlanta franchise. They haven't been able to recover from that. No. Well, the question is, will the Chargers be able to recover from it? They have the talent. They have the team to do it. Yeah, they miss Mike Williams, that big play guy. And and it showed that they needed him because they double-covered Keenan Allen all night, and they just could not get it to anybody else. And Austin Eckler, his, the running game was really kind of non-existent. He got those touchdowns because he had a short field. He only had 13 carries for 35 yards. He did get in the end zone twice, but that was it. Yeah, Herbert threw, so, Herbert threw for 273 yards. Mm-hmm. One touchdown. And Lawrence threw for 288. Yeah. Yep, and, and Lawrence threw for 288. Yeah, and, and, and the Chargers didn't turn the ball over. Well, I got to ask the question, and it's a rhetorical question. From the outside looking in, Leon, 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 before you ask that question, one more stat. Trevor Lawrence has never been beaten on a Saturday. I just want y'all to just keep that in mind. From high school to now, he has never been beaten on a Saturday. Go ahead, Leon. Justin Herbert is who he thought Trevor Lawrence was. You're like, huh? Justin Herbert won. Justin Herbert never lost on a Saturday. Justin Herbert, national champion. No, I'm talking about in the first half. Did it not look like the moment was just a bit too big and bright for Trevor Lawrence? It did. It did. It, it really did. Uh, it, not just for Trevor Lawrence, Leon, for the entire team. You have to remember that entire team. I, I don't think nobody's over the age of twenty-six on that on that team. But but guess what? Doug Peterson has been there. He's won a Super Bowl, and it took for that guy to come up and say, "Guys, we're still in it." All right. Congratulations. Welcome to the game. Yeah, yeah, you, you're absolutely right, Leon. That first half, for Trevor, I'm pretty sure Peterson took him to the side and said, welcome to the NFL, kid. Mm-hmm. Now, now you understand that this is the playoffs, and I think that the stage for just those moments had gotten too big for them because in the first quarter, they looked depleted. This game was over. It was 17-0. They looked depleted. And, and, and now it's like, oh, man, what do you do? And that's what Tony Dungeon and Al Michaels was, was asking last night. Yes. What do you do? But guess what? Guess what Dungeon said? Peterson said. I'm pretty sure he said you keep chipping away. See, the great coaches know how to coach up a team when they're down in that. I have to give Peterson some credit on this one. Because he could have easily said, well, guys, great season. But he said, no, let's keep chipping away at this. Because we've shown that we can score on them. Let's just keep it going defense. Let's just play it. Let's, let's not give them so much field. And that's what happened. That's what happened. I, I, give, that, I give that Jacksonville Jaguars team a lot of credit. I give them 60% of this credit, but 40%, it, it has to go to the Chargers blowing this one. So then it goes back was Justin Herbert. Is who thought Trevor Lawrence was. Because let me tell you, a lot of people, with, with a collapses like this, a lot of people don't recover from that. That's very hard to recover psychologically from something like this. 
Mm-hmm. The Houston Oilers, after that collapse in 1991 to the Bills, was it's called mm-hmm. that was called the comeback nobody watched. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I watched it. I was eight. I was seven. I was seven years old. I watched that. Oh yeah, I was not. I watched it. But I'm saying it was the comeback. It's called the comeback nobody watched. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs after that 2012 collapse, they mm-hmm. I, the, the Chiefs just now became relevant. About what it took them about what seven more years to get relevant when they got Patrick Mahomes. Yep. Yep. This is the type of collapse. That really stings your confidence mm-hmm. as a player. You know, when you look at someone like Justin Herbert. Now, granted, we did not have Mike Williams, all right. But you know, we were up twenty-seven without Mike Williams. I want to hear that. I want to hear it. That's right. Yep. But again, there's no excuse. But again, short porches, uh, Another thing. Short fields. And another another thing that that I want to bring up uh, before you finish, Leon is it, you guys had a chance to make a stop. If you go towards the end of the game with about a minute to go, Doug Peterson goes for it on fourth down. Fourth and one. They snap the ball. He calls timeout because Lawrence checked out of the previous play. He said, hold, 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 hold up, hold up. I see something. Here we go again. We're coming back to coaching. They called timeout. They had all three of the timeouts. They called this second one. And they come back. And I'm pretty sure what Peterson told, asked his player is, this is you. This is your moment. He trusts his second-year quarterback and said, who do you want to go to? And his second-year quarterback trusted the, the same guy who was his roommate at Clemson that followed him to Jacksonville, who who when Peterson got on, oh, I'm sorry, no, Urban Meyer was his coach then. Yeah. But when but when the GM said, oh, you know what, Trevor can Trevor can do this with Travis Etienne. I like this kid. Let's get him too. Well, they, his best friend with him. Yeah, they got him, but he, again, he was injured all last year. But he was injured all last year. But guess what? He came back this year, mm-hmm. and what did he do? He said, he said, I, I want to give it to my man back here who can run it on fourth and one, but let's get him to the outside. And guess what he did? He did the same thing. He got him to the outside. Trevor got, uh, Travis got about 20 yards on that play. This is the difference. The Jacksonville Jaguars made a team effort. All right. The LA Chargers, the LA Chargers became, became about themselves. They were all about themselves, especially and Joey Bosa, who I am just—I was just surprised at. I, I really was, Leon. I was surprised that he that he would do that. Uh, he would, he complained about a couple of things. He complained about the offside coming in. Then furthermore, he complained that he thought that uh, the offensive lineman uh, had committed a false start. But in real time, man, you you can't tell. You really can't tell if that was a false start. He probably had a great play, but you got to keep your damn helmet on, man. You got to keep your helmet on. That's an unsportsmanlike conduct, even though it wasn't going to get you rejected because uh, you didn't, you didn't, uh, like, it was, it was a harmless foul, basically, is what they're saying. It was a non uh, alter, it wasn't, it wasn't, it was a non altercational foul. So that's why he, that's why he didn't get a warning. That's why that wasn't his first unsportsmanlike conduct to get ejected. But, that's what it became about. 
everybody became it, it, I believe that the Chargers were about themselves at that point and not about the team. Man. And that's why Jacksonville won. Second half. And mm-hmm. the Chargers only have four possessions. The defense yeah. the four possessions in that mean that's two possessions in per quarter. The defense couldn't stop anything. Nope. So I even back to what John said. The the defense was taking the ball away and gave the offense the opportunity to on a short field convert those into points, which you're supposed to do as a professional offense. But now to with Daniel's point, when the Jaguars had a full drive with no turnovers, they turned an eighty nine yard drive back against the ball into a touchdown. Not a good sign. Not a good sign because now you when you're playing toe to toe out of eye defense, the Chargers couldn't stop these guys. Couldn't stop them. And evidently, the coaching staff of the Jacksonville Jaguars seen that too. Like when that touchdown was scored, they, you know, you're standing next to someone shoulder to shoulder and you look at one another, you're like, okay, yeah, okay, cool. Let's, 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 shake, let's, let's shake these interceptions off. Don't worry about it. Second half is going to be a doozy. And will they translate that second half into opportunities and a W for Jacksonville and a very painful L? The Chargers made a lot of defensive acquisitions in the second in, in during the offseason. So this moment, right? Right. That we got that we that now we have to reevaluate. Because the offense isn't the only thing on the field, is the only one on the clock. Because at the end of the day, though the offense stalled out, the offense put up thirty points. They put up thirty points. If you put up thirty points, that's enough for a W. Now we I don't like the fact that that field goal kicker missed that that, that clutch field goal. You know that 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 wasn't good. That could that, that could have scored us a W. But at the end of the day, the offense was only allowed to get four drives in the second half. That means there were no that, that means there were no three and outs. There were barely any three and outs, man. Come on, man. J.C. Jackson, why do we pay you? Khalil Mack, why are you here? For this very moment that you guys are not sure for. Yeah. My goodness, man. Brandon Staley. What, what, what's going on with I mean, I, he, he got one more year. He got one more year. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think he's on the hot seat. I don't I don't uh, think he's on the hot seat behind that. I think I now if if he make if he has a now if he has an epic collapse next year or if this happens again next year. The then I, I think that they'll probably consider. Yeah, in the playoffs, I, I think they'll consider. But I, I don't think I don't think Staley is, is on the hot seat. I, I think that they believe, and I believe that they can probably use this. Like I said before, I believe they can use this as confidence. See, Dan Quinn held on to his job what two seasons afterwards. The problem was that he could never get us back to at least contend, and that was the problem with Dan Quinn. Now, that, that's going to be something that's going to go ahead with Staley. And can you get us back to that point? Listen, the, the Chiefs, the, the Chiefs, they're going to win the AFC West as long as the other two, three teams allow them to win it. Okay? That's just what it is. But there's two, there's three wild card spots. 
if you can get back to that point, and, and then there's going to be a point where your ownership, Leon, is going to say, well, wait a minute now. Wait a minute. We didn't added all these pieces. You, so you're right on this, Leon. We added all these pieces. It's time for you to take this division away from them. Because, Daniel, you, you got to look at it like this. Those pieces weren't cheap. No, they weren't. No, they weren't. Y'all had a lot of money. Y'all spent a lot of money. Yeah. Right. We make our money. The ownership makes their money back on playoff tickets sales. Yep. Mm-hmm. Playoff tickets it, it, It's like you scratch my back, I scratch yours. I mean, I pay you, you're going to pay me back by putting butts in the seats. But, but we, we got to make it to the point where butts have to be in the seats and we, we had to play a away game. That wasn't good. You know what I'm saying? Yep. But so we did, we did need a home. But so even after all those playoff acquisitions, uh, all those offseason acquisitions, we did not even get a home playoff game. Ownership didn't like that because they're all about revenue. The ownership, the fans, to a certain degree, but they're also business people. Now, only thing that can save Brandon Staley's job next year is what you just said. You gotta get us back to this point. Dan Quinn lasted too much seasons because guess what? The season he missed the playoffs was the season he was out of there. All right, mm-hmm. Because the next year after you guys collapsed, y'all made it to the playoffs next year, but you got lost in the second round to Philadelphia. So that's what saved Dan Quinn job for that year. If, if Dan Quinn did not make the playoffs that, 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 that following year, he would have been out of here. Because that, 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 that collapse, the ownership did not appreciate that. Now, the minute he missed the playoffs next year, didn't happen. He's out of here. Now, Brandon Staley... The only thing I could save his job with a couple of guys there, because at the end of the day, they'll be collapsed, choked, whatever you want to call it. We did it as well. And that, that is an improvement from last year. It is. At the end of the day, this is a results-oriented occupation, like every other occupation results-oriented. So he did produce – he did get the team to the playoffs. Though Justin Herbert choked, he did quarterback his team to the playoffs. So now the only thing is going to say, next year these guys got to come and put. There's going to be a lot of there's going to be a lot of changes. If that team does not make it to the playoffs, we, we can look at this as being a fluke. Okay, you fluked it away, you charged it up. Okay, whatever. But you still made it to the playoffs. If you made it to the playoffs next year, and hopefully you get a home game, ownership will forgive that. They're looking at revenue. It's, it's, it's revenue streams. But if we don't make it to the playoffs next year, and Ben ain't going to be there. He's, he's not going to be there. That, that team, you got to come through. You know what I'm saying? We, we got, we, that, it has to be. And I hope, and, and I'm, I'm speaking from a place of anger. Anger does decide. You know, but that, some, some type of, man, I'm going to be honest with you. That wasn't a good look. Because where's your adjustments? Yeah. Where's your defense? Now, the, the coordinator might, now, I'll tell you one thing that defensive coordinator might be in a hot seat. Because that means some there's some type of adjustment that he was not making. Some type of adjustment yeah. was leaking, and he did not plug that leak. And that's the worst time. And the playoffs do do two things: they make you and they expose you. Yeah, make that's why we say it's so important that you that you win because you some of the all time greats. What do we always say? They're winners. They, they know how to get there, whether they're on the defensive side of the ball or on the offensive side of the ball. That's what we measure you as. Uh, look, Dan Marino, Jim Kelly, they were great. Don't get me, don't get me wrong, but 
uh, were they Joe Montana? First. Yeah. Who every time he stepped on that stage, he never threw an interception. He stepped on that Super Bowl every game he played. He never lost the Super Bowl. Every Super Bowl game, he stepped on that stage, 11 touchdowns, no picks. Yeah. And that's what you're measured as. And that's in just about every sport, with the exception of maybe baseball. But in, in football and basketball, you measure by how many times you won and lost in big games like this. And that's just what it was. But I, I think, I, I, I don't know. Like, it's almost like, like, what do you do when you're in this situation in the offseason? The only thing you really think about is think and reflect. Yeah. But I do think that they need to work on the depth on their offensive line because their offensive line was banged up in this game. So I, I do need, do think that in the offseason they need to, to look into that. You know, great offensive line help is so hard to come by, too, man. It is. You know, I mean, you, you have teams that have offensive line problems for years. You know, you, you got to fix it. But that, that um, at the same time, but the offensive line does not play defense. The offensive line only had about four times. They, they only have it was only four. We only have four drives in the second half, which means that the defense could not keep that team off the field. They 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 walked us down. The defense got walked down. They walked them down. Once they couldn't get the once they couldn't get the turnovers, they mm-hmm. were able to move the football. And once Trevor Lawrence settled down. Stop throwing bad bad passes, and remember the first the first interception was such a fluke. It was like it was a uh, double tap, you know where it came, a double tap. yeah yep. double tapped. So you know you really can't account for that. And so once right. Trevor Lawrence settles down, once Doug Peterson, who is who as you said has been there, knew exactly what to say once he got those adjustments in, and again getting that touchdown to end the half that was so clutch for the Jaguars. They because. Because at least they're saying, okay, we got, we're figuring it out. We know what we have to do. Let's get the home team behind us. Let's get this crowd behind us. Play our game. Not turn the ball over. Make smart decisions. We can win this game. And that's exactly what they did. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think it's funny that after the game, what does Trevor Lawrence do? He goes to a Waffle House to unwind. In Jacksonville, because remember, the L.A. Chargers, in their epic anime uh, schedule reveal, they made fun of the Falcons' 28-3 collapse and did it with a Waffle House graphic. So karma kind of came back. It's real. It's there. And it really took out the Chargers in that one. And I'll be honest, I was rooting for the Chargers in this ballgame. I wanted to see, I would like to have seen them win. I think Leon's fandom is rub- is rubbing off. But, you know, I just want to see a visiting team win. On the wild card weekend, I want to see at least one visiting team win. Didn't happen yesterday, didn't happen early this didn't happen early this morning with the uh with the Bills and the Dolphins. It might happen now. The Giants have a 3-point lead on the um on the Vikings in the fourth quarter of that one. Emphasis on Mike. Yeah, Mike. The Vikings just got a uh, first down in the red zone in, 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 um, in the Giants' territory. 
Right. So, like I say, I just want I just want to see a road team win, and I got a feeling that if it's going to happen, it's going to happen tomorrow when Dallas takes on Tampa Bay. But that's the one that's expected. I want to see something unexpected. No, 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 that was unexpected. Yeah, it, you think that? All right. No. Uh, well, yes and no. Yes, um, the it was uh, the the road team. No, no, the road team did not win, John. Correct. Absolutely. Yes. Unexpected twenty-seven zero comeback. History was history was made. Mm-hmm. History was made. Yeah. That that's something you're not going to see again for a very long time. And you're not going to see that. You're not going to see that again. I mean, that was probably the second history's made twice this year. Mm-hmm. Courtesy of Matt Ryan and the coach, and now of Justin Herbert and um against and Trevor Lawrence. I mean, this is going to be. I mean, these guys. Either man, let me tell you, Justin Herbert's going to have to bounce back from this. Yes, he's going to have to bounce back. From, now, granted, to Justin Herbert's defense, he only had four drivers they had. We had four drives, but man, in in one of those drives, um, the field goal kicker missed the kick. The other ones were, you know, you know, un- unfortunately, the other three drives stalled out. So I well, can't that drive that that drive would have put them up by thirteen. Yes, they they were up thirty to twenty, and the quarter was about to end. And the third quarter was almost about to end, and it was like it was like the football guys just said no, sir, because that kick looked good about 30 yards, and then the last 10 yards, it drifted to the left. It, it, I was like, wow, that's just that's just not a good thing, man. <laughs> that's not a good thing. <laughs> and, and that's what I said, oh, man, it, it, when it rains, it, it's pouring right now, <laughs> and the rain just won't stop. <laughs> and, and that's when I said, okay, you know, yeah, I hope Leon's not watching this right now. Man, I... I you know what, Leon? You might get a kick out of this that I'm about to send in the group chat. All right. You might get a kick out of it, but I'm about to send it now. Oh boy. <laughs> okay. Okay. While Daniel, oh, said, while Daniel sends something in the group chat that is obviously NSFW. Uh, let's again. Oh, it really is. <laughs> Again, we're talking NFL playoffs here, and the last few guys do a podcast. Bills defeat the Dolphins earlier today in Buffalo. Close game. Mm-hmm. Giants, I'm sorry, not the Giants. The Niners had their way with Seattle in the first game. And, of course, we're talking, and, of course, later on tonight, Bengals-Ravens from Cincinnati, a uh, rematch of last week's game between those two. So, We'll see who advances to take on Philadelphia, who advances to take on Kansas City in the game next week. And speaking of games, the college football championship ended last Monday with absolutely zero suspense. Kind of interesting. We call I called the last the semifinal games the best pair of semifinal games in in college football playoff the <laughs> history. So what happens? We get possibly the all that drama in the semifinal is absolutely gone in the finals. It's like all it's like uh, there's just a quota of drama. The semis reached it. Then we got to the finals, and it's like okay, 
No drama here. Georgia scores on every possession. Routes the Horn Frogs in Phoenix, in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. A demolition, to be sure. And Georgia with their second consecutive national championship. And of course, now we're looking possibly at a third because you look at Georgia's schedule for next season. It is absolutely Cape Cupcake City, with the exception of Tennessee. They have, I mean, they well, they were supposed to play Oklahoma, but because of Oklahoma joining the SEC, the the conference nixed their game with the Sooners, and they replace it with Ball State. So you've got UT Martin, you've got Ball State. Uh, absolutely. So again, I don't. I mean, if Georgia can absolutely show a pulse next season, they should have no problem making the SEC championship and trying to make a three-peat on that college football stage. But they're going to have to, again, as usual, they're going to have to replace a lot of people with with the main one being Stetson Bennett. So the question becomes, first of all, will some of, will some of their quarterbacks hit the transfer portal? I'm talking about Brock Vandegriff or... Uh, you know what quarterback is gonna, what the quarterback situation is gonna look like, what everybody else situation is gonna look like, but again, they're gonna get a lot of talent coming in. Kirby Smart is already hitting the recruiting, he, um, not taking a day off. So, what were your thoughts about that national championship game, which pretty much was a coronation of Stetson Bennett? Well, here's the thing: I know a lot of people want to sit up and say, "Well, TCU didn't belong there." That's, uh, that's wrong. That's totally wrong. Yeah, that's wrong. That's totally wrong. Michigan would have given them a better shot. Alabama wouldn't give them a shot. Y'all are all wrong. Okay? TCU, number one, belonged there. They they went unbeaten throughout the season, and they beat a very good Michigan. Yes. The answer is no one belonged on that field with Georgia. Georgia would have beaten everybody that way. Yep. The only the only team that the only team would, that would have not beaten Georgia is an NFL team. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, that would have beaten Georgia is an NFL yeah, team. Yeah, That's yeah, it. Yes. No, no team in the country would have beaten Georgia that night. Everything went right for them. That's why the final score was 65 to seven. When everything goes right for you, that, I can probably name two things that that they did wrong. They, they missed a field goal. And they gave up the long play and set up a touchdown for TCU. That was it. That was it. But the entire night, Stetson Bennett showed everybody that, okay, it doesn't matter of my size. I know I'm probably going to be undrafted. But let me try to show you how wrong you are about my evaluation. He was responsible for six touchdowns that night. And, I mean, every pass, John and Leon, every pass he hit, was with precision. That every every play that was made was perfect. It was just it's just the luck of the draw. Kirby Smart and the boys came in with a great game plan, man. They came with an excellent game plan. And, and TCU just and Max Duggan who had a great year. Listen, let's not just let's not turn down what, what this brother went through. Mm-hmm. He wasn't even a starter to begin the season. And yet he gets on the field and he leaves TCU, not just to the national title game, but he puts himself in New York. This wasn't a fluke, man. This boy can play. He can play. He just 
TCU, and, and remember, Sammy Dykes is a first-year head coach. Yep. Everybody don't know that. This that wasn't Gary Patterson out there. No, that was Sonny Dykes. Right. Okay. That that was Dykes' first season, and he took this team who was five and seven last year was bold, was not bowl eligible, and turned them around to a twelve and zero team. Let's not discredit what TCU did, man. But that's that's discrediting TCU is almost like discrediting Georgia, because what you're doing is you're taking away what they did. They put that game plan into perfection. If you know football, you can see it. They put it into perfection. That's number one. Number two, what, it, speaking from a coach's perspective, I guarantee you that Kirby Smart has something to say to his team and reminded them that at the stroke of midnight last week, you could have been at home. Exactly, yeah. And I need you to play better. See, that's what we're talking about when we talk about Staley and all these boys hyping up their their team, keeping their team motivated. Kirby Smart kept his team motivated and I, motivated. I think and they went out there and said, you know what, we we the best. Y'all can't take this from us. I think ahead, I'm sorry, I think this run illustrates how good of a coach Kirby Smart is. I think we forget that. Ah uh, yeah. Remember yes, sir. remember in the semifinal game Kirby Smart calls a timeout with one second mm -hmm. on the on the play clock, milliseconds mm -hmm. before Ohio State runs a fake punt that would have netted them a first down, kept the drive alive. He saw something. He knew Georgia wasn't ready for it. He called the timeout, barely, barely got it in there. Yep. He doesn't call that timeout. Yep. He doesn't get that timeout in. Georgia loses that football game. Yep. So – Remember, remember that. Remember what they did against Ohio State. Remember that. And remember what Kirby Smart did to this team in the in preparation. He was fired up. He was going to make darn sure that such a lack of effort, a lack of focus, never happened again. Especially on the defensive end. Because Ohio State ran right through them. Did a lot of stuff that a lot of teams just couldn't do over the course of that defense. I mean, that was a shootout. Georgia normally doesn't get to shootouts. Yes, they're scoring 50 points all every game, but the opponents are getting 20, 30, 22, 15, somewhere in that neighborhood. Ohio State was going right with them, punch to punch, and Georgia, once that timeout was called, Ohio State had no choice but to punt the ball away. That that was the extra possession that Georgia needs to get the victory. So remember, rem if you, all of you guys are harping on, I mean, you're not, I'm talking in general. TCU doesn't belong. Right. Michigan doesn't belong. We're, you know, Georgia, no one belongs with us on that field. If Kirby Smart doesn't get that timeout in, we're talking TCU against Ohio State. That's what we're yep. talking about. So that it's, I'm, whether or not, I mean, this is great for Georgia. I, I get that. I get this is great for Georgia, but for but just be a little bit humble in this. Just be a tiny right. bit humble in this, knowing that in football it's a it is a proverbial game of inches, but in this case it's a game of seconds. And that other team that Georgia plays non-conference is the UAB Blazers, Alabama Birmingham. They have the, their wow. first four games at home. They don't go on the road until the 30th, and that's at Auburn. Um, then it's home with Kentucky, 
at Vanderbilt, then Florida after an off week, home with Missouri and Ole Miss, and they wrap it up at Tennessee and at Georgia Tech. So really, November 18th at Tennessee, that's going to be that's probably the one tough game on their schedule. And uh, by the way, I'm going to say this right now. Mark this down. Uh, let's see, what's the, what's the date? What's that first week? September 2nd. September 2nd, game day will be in Fort Worth for Colorado at TCU. Oh, yeah, you can't miss Prime's debut. Yeah. Yeah, you can't miss that. Yeah. You can't miss that debut. Yeah. We got to look at it, too. Because <laughs> here at Last Three Guys Do a Podcast, we love to look ahead and see what might happen at, like, the start of the next regular season. And I guarantee you that's right. where game that's where game day is going to be. Even though they don't – since it's a TC – since – I don't think they have the rights to that game. I think that's a Fox, that'll be a Fox game, but it doesn't matter. They're going to be there no, no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Leon, I believe I cut you Go off. Ahead, Leon. Yeah. Yeah, you know, what are we to expect out of Colorado playing a national championship contender, which against a team that went basically undefeated, to a team that went one and eleven a year before, what are we expecting? Well, again, these contracts are set up years and years in advance. Um, so probably TCU was on the other end of that, and the Colorado people certainly didn't expect them to turn it around like this, and they certainly didn't expect them to get Deion Sanders. Are they glad? It, are they glad it happened? Oh yes, because that's going to be the national focus. Will be on that game. You know, it's it's just a it's just a matter of serendipity on how it all kind of worked out. It worked out in their favor. Oh, and by the way, Colorado's first game home after that game is with Nebraska. Oh. oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they uh, – I, I, I will probably be rooting for Colorado that second game. And then they finish their non-con schedule with their annual matchup with Colorado State. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, so yeah, I think they didn't expect it, but they're going to milk it. I mean, you figure getting Deion Sanders has given the Buffs an incredible amount of free publicity. An absolutely incredible mm-hmm. amount. It's made Colorado a go-to destination. Travis Hunter, he he decamped from Jackson State. He's falling prime wherever he goes, like a like a prime piper. Um, so so you know it, it's just it's just going to be a it's just going to be a very interesting game. And of course, you know Colorado and TCU right now they are going to take advantage of their newfound place um, atop the college football hierarchy. I just hope it's not a blowout one way or the other. I just hope it's a close game, and I just wish uh, both coaches the best of luck in that one. Again, it's in, it's in under nine months, but I'm sure, we'll be, I'm sure some people have started counting down to college football 2023, probably as soon as that national championship game was over. People started counting it down to the next season. And is it next year that it's is it no, I think it's the year after, twenty twenty four that's gonna be in Atlanta. I don't think it's yeah. gonna be or not it, it's not next year. I think it's the year after that the title game yeah, I think it is the year after. Yeah, the, yeah. the college game the title the game after. back in Atlanta, yeah. which will be the first time Atlanta will get a repeat of the it'll be the first time a venue has hosted the two national t- 
title college football game. And of course, next season is the one with 12, with where it goes to 12 teams. And of course, of course, while we're on the subject of this, we have to um, pause just a moment for the, to remember the uh, traffic accident that occurred after the uh, the championship parade that claimed the yeah. life of one of the Georgia's offensive linemen who was um had a two got was able to uh, get two titles and then what died in a car crash right uh, during the night last night uh, of course Chandler LaCroix um, I'm sorry she was in Chandler LaCroix was in the car Devin Willock was in there and just the lineman yeah he's yeah, the line yeah Devin um, so Devin Willock 20 years it's old the young lady who was the and, uh, yeah and yeah. Chandler LaCroix was Sad. the recruiting was member of the recruiting staff both perished in right. that, in that uh, traffic accident early early today actually and our thoughts and prayers go out to the families of that and certainly put a little bit of a damper on Georgia's um, championship glow but again as we've been saying uh, it won't take long for them they're, they're already turned the page and they're looking ahead to next season it just puts a little bit of a damper on things and of course our thoughts and prayers go out to yeah, the whole, whole georgia football community and the families of the players and the recruiting member involved okay yeah. okay john morgan with daniel bolton leon brown we're of course monitoring the giants viking game in new york just scored a touchdown halfway through the fourth quarter saquon barkley put it into the end zone and now the extra point to put new, give New York a seven-point lead over the Vikes, again, with just about a half, a half of the fourth quarter remaining. So, again, as I said earlier, I wanted a visiting team to win, and there's a lot more chances for that to happen. We'll see, again, if the Giants can hold on and advance next week where we still don't know who they're going to be, who the, how the uh, second round is going to uh Fall, uh, sort itself out, and we got the Tampa Bay Dallas game tomorrow, and we still got uh, half a football or a quarter, half of a quarter of football, an eighth of football left to play in this one. So we've still got a couple of minutes here on the last three guys to to do a podcast again next next week. It is confirmed next week we'll be in our brand new studio. Uh, hopefully we'll have some more features. Some we'll be able to go out live and we'll accept your. Get your comments and calls as we go along. So I'm hopefully we can get that all worked out. And it's very, very heady, very exciting time for us as we try to uh, take the next step in our evolution. Uh, Leon, Leon, I want to ask you a little bit about your Lakers. Uh, what's your opinion on how they're how they're? And I and I, I kind of want to segue from the Lakers to the Hawks. So you can talk about the Lakers, then we can talk about the Hawks, because it's kind of interesting what I'm hearing. I'm, but first, I, I won't go about your. You know, I'm be honest with you. I like what I'm seeing. You know, I did not like how the five game winning streak got snapped, but I understand why it did due to LeBron having to take a load off. You know, he, uh, you know he is a person's um, AARPH. So you know, I, I can respect and understand that. Um. I like how the, the how the front court is playing in absence of Anthony Davis. 
it seems we have a um we we, we have a another Bryant that that could be you know potentially a budding star. You know, we're going to have to pay this man. Um, I like how Russell Westbrook has already set a record for most triple doubles off the bench. He's shattered that, and he's on his way to becoming um, sixth man of the year, in which we're going to have to bring him back. He's became a very um, instrumental part of our offense and a factor once again in, in, in NBA. I'm glad to see that, especially playing for my team. Um, Anthony Davis, if we could get five healthy months out of Anthony Davis, we could possibly win it all. Just give me just five healthy ones, and good things can happen. Um, you know, and I, I kind of like the space that we're in around this time of the year. I, I, this is this is the time of the year to start turning it up. You know, we got all the, we, we kind of worked all the bugs out. Um, it seems that with the acquisition of Darvin Ham and the introducing the new, like a, a new form of offense to the team, though we're still um, subpar when it comes to three-point shooting, which we're going to have to fix, especially going into the, the latter parts of the year. I like where we're at. I like where we're at. But we're, we're not quite 500 yet, but we're, we're, we're going to be 500 pretty soon. I, I, by the end of this month, we'll, we'll be north of 500. All right. Well, all right. Well, now as for that, for that uh, segue into the Hawks, they're struggling. They're at 500. And there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of wor- worries about uh, what is the relationship between Nate McMillan and Trey Young. Has it gone south? Has it uh, soured in some to some extent? Uh, the, the, the people are wondering if uh, you know if Nate should get the axe to try and fix the Hawks. But I'm kind of wondering: is does this mean that Trey Young is uncoachable? If he is, if he is out for, I mean, let's be honest. He got the first coach. He got the Nate's predecessor run out, and now if it's true that he and Nate McMillan are not clicking. Does this mean that Trey Young think that Trey Young is getting maybe a little too big? That he can't? That he thinks he can uh, basically be the I don't know the GM on the floor, as it were. Yeah, this is this is a tough call for me because, and, and I think I think what's going on with the team is that that it's. At, at that stretch, when Young and McMillan weren't seeing eye to eye, the team was having a hard time coming together, which tells me that anybody outside of Trey Young, there's no leader. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no guy who can just rally the troops and say, hey, look, man, we got to get through this storm. We got to weather this storm. There's nobody on that team that can do that. And then, mind you, Clint Capella has not been healthy this year. Right. So. To have that, to have that guy, that dog on the inside. Because remember when he came over a few, uh, what, what was that, a few years back, mm-hmm. when Atlanta went on that run, they went to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, and you know, eventually lost to Milwaukee. But they got there because Capella was in the middle, and that was more. That was one of the reasons why they got there. And if he's not healthy, then you know Atlanta's going to struggle. But Internally, yeah, John, they're, they're going to struggle if they can't figure out what 
what what's going to happen now. What I hope is going to because listen, let's face it. As good as Nate McMillan has been, he's probably on the hot seat because this is one of those things where they're wanting to say, man, this might be a who who we gonna keep? We gonna keep my we gonna keep the coach? We gonna keep the player? Right. Well, Trey Young has about what four years left on his new deal that he just got. Yeah, they, they yeah Trey and, Young's there. They're not getting rid of him. Yeah, they ain't getting rid of Trey Young. First off, he's untradeable because ain't nobody who's gonna want to take on that money mm-hmm. unless somebody says, "Well, hey, no, we want that. We want him. <laughs> we want Trey Young. I don't care what we gotta do. We're trying to win now." But. They, they have to, I think it's the psychological effect. And listen, when you look at the top five of the Eastern Conference, it's that's pretty much the lock right there. Those are the top five teams, Boston, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Cleveland. And they'll probably scramble up that order at some point in time because five games separate them from the top. But when you look at the bottom when you look at the bottom five, the Knicks, the Heat, Pacers, Hawks, Bulls, that looks like that's the set team right there. I, I think the Eastern Conference is locked in right there. Yeah, Toronto is a half game back of Chicago, but I think that those 10 teams are the 10 best teams in the East. And you can shuffle them any kind of way you want to with that 7, 8, 9, 10 game, but I don't think Atlanta moves up even. I don't think, I don't think they could you know, be more better than a five or a, than a six, to be honest with you. Because of what Cleveland is doing over there with Donovan Mitchell, they've added him, and uh, he did light up somebody with 71 points this year. Uh, Philadelphia, Harden and, and B have found something in Philadelphia. So that's a team you watch. Milwaukee, we, we already know what Milwaukee's pedigree is. The only thing with Milwaukee, when – when Middleton gets healthy, then they're going to probably take off. And then you got Brooklyn. And you got Kevin Durant playing probably his best basketball. And him and Irving are together. And then the pieces around them. And, and Jock Vaughn, we were talking about the job that he's doing in Brooklyn. He is doing an excellent job uh, holding down that pace. And the Boston Celtics, the same team that has something to prove, they were in the finals last year and felt like they should have won that final. And, and they didn't. So now they're coming back with that momentum. Look, I'm seeing that top five, and I don't think anybody else can break that top five. So Atlanta's going to have to figure out a way to say, okay, we, we got to at least get to six. We got to at least get jump up to that six spot, man. We got to at least figure out a way. Atlanta has to find that magic that they found a few years back. Remember, they were below 500. Back in, I think it was 2019 when they went to the East Final, they were like below 500. And then McMillan stepped in, and then they took off, and they never looked back. They were the hottest team in the league. Nobody wanted to see them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they broke, they Phil- they broke Philadelphia. They broke Philadelphia, yep. and Philadelphia still hasn't they recovered. They broke Philadelphia and broke, and broke Ben Simmons' heart. Yep, and his psyche. Yep, and his psyche. And so they have to get back. To that, but but how many times are we gonna keep having to play comeback kid in the season because the schedule might not even be set up for you to do that, mm-hmm. and you have to and you have to you know fight the injuries off. I think Atlanta has the potential to be as good, but you're right, John. That I think what they have to do at some point, McMillan and Young have to sit down 
and they have to establish something. Nate Wilson has to look in, in this superstar eyes and say, hey, listen, I'm the coach, you're the player, and I understand you make a lot more money than me. Mm-hmm. But we're going to have to come to some sort of mutual agreement on this. You might not like me, I might not like you, but let's, but at least till the season is over with, the one thing that we can agree with is that we want to win and we want to get better. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it just takes a man-to-man talk to say that, man. It, it, it just does. And you have to do that. Because understand this. You make it to people around you. The first time, they, 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 they might take your side and get rid of me. Mm-hmm. But if getting rid of me does not try, because they're paying Trey Young a lot of money. Yeah. And that's what we were saying before in, in with the Chargers. Paying all that money for those offseason acquisitions. They're paying you all that money, sir, because they want that to translate into playoff revenue, bro. If paying him all that money does not translate into playoff revenue, they're going to get rid of you. Yep. Why, why are you here? Yep. I, you know what I'm saying? The only reason I didn't want to still have a job... With Portland, it's because though they lose, they lose in the playoffs. They get playoff revenue. So, you know, granted, Trey Young is a generational talent. Yes, he is. But it has to translate into W's because that's only where the numbers are going to add up. That's what what they're trying to do. John Collins. Click Capella. All those guys. Though it may not be Click Capella's fault, you, you know, availability is a big part of the game. Yep. That's right. It's a big part of the game. You think Anthony Davis is on the hot seat? We bought, we, we bought him in for all that money, but yet still he's unavailable? If you keep on missing the playoff, why do we have you here, sir? Yep. All right, that's going to wrap us up for the last three guys to do a podcast. Uh, reminder, this coming Saturday... January 21st, it's the Georgia Nike Elite Classic at Pace Academy. We're going to have all five games for you, the three of us together, doing a day of high school hoops from the Inman Center Chambers Court. Listen to this lineup. At 1.30 p.m., you got Hebron Christian Academy against Pebblebrook. That would be the girls' game. Then the boys take over at 3 o'clock. They're playing Norcross. At 4.30, Norcross will have their girls' team against McEachern. 6 o'clock, Pace Academy against Milton. That will be a huge matchup as Pace Academy, again, ranked number two in 4A against the Milton Eagles, one of the top teams Always top 10 in the top classification region. Seven, we're going to wrap it up at 7.30 with McEachern Girl, I'm sorry, McEachern Boys taking on Oak Ridge of Florida. That's going to be live on the NFHS network. The three of us will be there. We'll be taking turns tag teaming doing, the, doing all five games, but it should be a lot of fun. Hope you can join us for that one. It's going to get started this Saturday, January 21st at 1.30 p.m. and it's going to go the whole afternoon and into the night should be a lot of fun so again that is this saturday and this sunday we're going to be in our new studio in our new home and a lot of good things going on so i hope you can join us for that i'm john morgan for daniel and leon we'll see you on saturday and we'll see you on sunday this has been the last three guys to do a podcast and again you can catch this episode and all episodes wherever you get your favorite podcasts odyssey soundcloud spotify itunes we're there 
Catch us, download us, do whatever you want. Hope you can join us. Thank you so much. Have a good weekend.